If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Arizona's U.S. Senate race came into slightly clearer focus this week. Carrie Lake, the fiery Republican who lost last year's gubernatorial race, is challenging for the seat currently held by independent Senator Kirsten Sinema. Lake's run for the Senate has been rumored for months, but she made it official this week at Jet Set Magazine in Scottsdale. We're on the final hill right now. And I'm not surrendering this hill. <laughs> no. I am not going to retreat. I'm going to stand on top of this hill with every single one of you. And I know you're by my side as I formally announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. Lake is widely viewed as the favorite to win the Republican nomination. But to do so, she's first going to have to get past Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb. After that, she would likely face Representative Ruben Gallego for the Democrats, and potentially Cinema as well, although Cinema hasn't officially said she's running. Welcome to The Gaggle a politics podcast by the Arizona Republican, azcentral.com. Each week, we dissect our state's political news to help you understand what your lawmakers are up to. I'm Mary Jo Pitzel. I cover the state legislature and state policy. Today, we're putting my co-host and national politics reporter, Ron Hansen, on the hot seat. So, Ron, welcome to the other side of the desk. Thanks, Mary Jo. It's good to have you back with us. Well, Ron, looks like this race is going to get more interesting. As we mentioned, you know, Lake's announcement is hardly a surprise because she's been signaling this run for months. What we don't know is what kind of campaign she'll run. I mean, will this be a rerun of her race for governor where she started off by bashing a television set with a sledgehammer and stepping on face masks? So I don't know if we're going to get that kind of drama with Carrie Lake in 2024, but she's already at least had some similarities. She has, for example, the same treasurer for her campaign that she had in the gubernatorial run as well. And of course, the ambush at Sky Harbor Airport involving Ruben Gallego last week was the kind of thing that Carrie Lake was known for in 2022, as she wanted to corner Katie Hobbs, who did not want to debate her. I've never, we'll, we met once when you were actually still... Uh, on TV. I've never as a journalist. Actually, as a yeah. But well, look forward to that. I think we're going to have a great race. It's going to be a, a knockdown drag out. And yeah. unfortunately, our, our border is wide open. So let's be Joe clear, Biden, your hero, that. 
gave away $300 million in border wall materials. You know that. For nothing. That is absolutely We're still true. for Mexico to pay for it. When it you know down. what? But again, Mexico chipped this in. This is something you and I can work together on. I no, I'm not, I'm not working together down. with you. I'm going to beat you. So let's go talk. I'm going to beat you. We're going to save Arizona. Once again, Carrie Lake is sort of casting herself as the person who doesn't want to back down from a debate or a fight over the issues or the personalities involved in these races. So there's some clear similarities right out of the gate. There's also at least one notable change that is subtle, but kind of important in this context. When she talked about running for Senate with the Wall Street Journal recently, she noted that she would be supportive of putting Mitch McConnell in as the Senate majority leader for the Republicans. This is important because McConnell really kind of represents the establishment for the GOP in a way that is really kind of off-brand for Lake in some ways. She has been the disruptor. She is someone who has been very loyal to former President Donald Trump. Trump, of course, has crossed swords with McConnell on many occasions. And McConnell has more or less stopped communicating with Trump since the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. So for Lake to signal that she was on board with a McConnell uh, leadership position once again was really kind of showing, I think, to official Washington, to campaign donors, that there is a seriousness of intent on her part. So that's one notable difference, whether it's enough to really suggest a broader change we'll have to see in in the coming months. But my guess is that she is most likely going to stay sort of on brand with 2022 Carrie Lake. With Lake getting into the race, let's walk through this maybe challenge by challenge in terms of the people that are already announced or likely to announce for the Senate race. Let's start with the GOP primary. We've got Mark Lamb, the current Pinal County Sheriff, he announced back in April. What kind of effect does a Lake candidacy have on him? I think the expectation is that Kerry Lake can overwhelm any Republican challengers. That's always been the case. And I think Mark Lamb getting in in April, there was already the Lake shadow hanging over this race. And he was willing to get in the race ahead of her and uh, didn't really want to address her candidacy. He only wanted to talk about his own campaign well, since then, in the months that he's kind of had the race to himself, he's really failed to catch fire with donors. There's really been a scarcity of news outside the conservative media ecosystem. And he is still largely seen as sort of option B at best in this race for the anti-Lake movement for Republicans. It remains to be seen whether there's much of an appetite for that and with relatively low campaign funding in his first go-round, we'll see what he has in this second campaign finance report. But he could find himself out of money and out of attention if this doesn't turn around fairly quickly. Is there an option C? What's the story with Blake Masters or any other potential Republican challengers? So Blake Masters made some noise in August with the possibility that he might consider getting into the race. At that point, it would have put him in ahead of Kerry Lake. He was the 2022 nominee for Republicans and was really kind of an ally of Kerry Lake at the time. There was talk about a Lake and Blake Republican ticket. So any 
rumor that Blake Masters was getting into a race that Carrie Lake had telegraphed long ago that she intended to run in had already created a good deal of friction. Carrie Lake is known for a lot of things, but most recently she is really known for her loyalty to former President Donald Trump. Trump reportedly sort of put the arm on Blake Masters to let him know that his candidacy would probably not go well in a race already featuring Carrie Lake. So there's been no real sign that Masters intends to pursue that. It was never really fleshed out that he would. And at this point, his candidacy looks like a thing of of the past and, and something that is not likely to come to any kind of fruition. There have been rumors for months that others could get in the race. People have talked about Doug Ducey or Jim Lehman or a number of other people, some person out of the business community. I think what it reflects is a desire for Republicans to have some other option than Kerry Lake. But the reality is none of those folks have been seriously considered as potential Senate candidates. And and so this probably is it. You're having Carrie Lake in the race against, at least for the moment, Mark Lamb. And that's it. If you're a Republican, you're going to choose one of those two. Well, if she wins her primary, then she's pretty certainly going to face Ruben Gallego in the general election. What does a Lake-Gallego matchup look like? Well, that's a really interesting question because if it's just Lake and just Gallego, there's one kind of race. If it also includes Kirsten Cinema, that has a whole other dynamic. But I think the thing that Ruben Gallego has to look at right now is that he has the really good contrast with the Republican candidate if Lake especially emerges as the nominee for the GOP, that it will help drive people who are sort of on the fence about this closer to him, he hopes, because with Lake, she is someone who will be caricatured on the left as someone who is crazy on the right, that she is dangerous, that she is someone who is not suited for this. She has had no position in government previously. So for Gallego, this is an opportunity for him to sort of sharpen his own resume and lines of attack on her as unsuited temperamentally or in terms of her biography for a job as important as the U.S. Senate. The trick is going to be, of course, whether Kirsten Cinema gets in the race because Cinema will be seen as sort of a third door in this race, and that will impact a lot of folks who are trying to choose between Gallego and Lake. Do you think Cinema's incumbency would matter in a three-way matchup? Well, Cinema is really kind of now the most important last figure in this race to be developed. She is the incumbent, and she is not a Democrat or a Republican at this point. So she's really going to test Arizona's political loyalties. We have this storied, vast reservoir of independent voters. The question is how many of those voters are looking for someone like Cinema. She has a serious legislative record, but she's also gotten crosswise with nearly all Democrats in the state. And the fact is a lot of Republicans have found her helpful in the current circumstances that she's kind of tapped the brakes on the Biden agenda for Republicans, but they really don't see her as someone who they can support easily. So there are people 
sort of on the edges of the left, sort of on the edges of the right, somewhat in the middle, who will find a lot of appeal in cinema's record and her demeanor. But really, most people either come down as Democrats or Republicans, and that creates an inherent tension within this race that makes it hard even for an incumbent who is very well known to break through. It creates a really interesting and challenging environment. Talk about the effect that this race will have in, on the national scene. You know, As we know, the Democrats have a very narrow margin of control of the U.S. Senate. How important is this race to the balance of power after 2024? You know, someone I talked to recently put it this way, that Arizona is kind of that second tier race in the Senate this cycle. We have Montana, Ohio, and West Virginia as the sort of top of the top for the Senate races, because in all three of those cases, Democrats hold the Senate seat right now. And in all three cases, there's really good reason for Republicans to think they can pick off those three seats. If that happens, they will control the Senate no matter what else happens in all likelihood, just given the realities of what states are in play and who's holding the seats that are up. So after those three races, you then get to the sort of the second tier races that present new opportunities and change the dimensions of the Senate in some ways as well. Kirsten Cinema has continued to caucus with Democrats, at least nominally, but the reality is that her seat is the potential for a Democratic pickup if Ruben Gallego were to win in 2024. So it's a very serious priority for Democrats to try and take a seat that they think is kind of mostly theirs to begin with. For Republicans, this is another chance to win a seat that historically has been Republican for decades. And in a three-way race in particular, they don't have to get to a majority. They only have to get to maybe 38 to 40 percent with a chance to win. The question is whether Kerry Lake or some Trumpian style nominee is able to do that in 2024. Let's take a quick look at what Lake is likely to run on. What kind of issues has she identified? And do we hear echoes of what she ran on uh, just last year when she was in the governor's race? Yeah. So I think this is one of the things that is an interesting dynamic for her and, and maybe even more helpful for her at this point is that Lake has always been this sort of MAGA style Trumpian Republican who wants to run on a list of issues that really kind of were more federal in nature in many ways than not. As governor, she wanted to do something about border and immigration and such. Well, those really aren't state level issues. There's only so much the state can do on protecting the border or deciding who comes and goes in the state. So in that respect, this is going to be both familiar for Carrie Lake as an issue, but has newfound resonance as a federal member of the government, she would be in a position to sort of help steer policy on that. So you'll hear a lot about border security. You'll hear about immigration policy. We'll also hear a lot about fentanyl, for example. This is something that is part of the drug invasion coming from Mexico that Carrie Lake and Donald Trump like to talk so much about. This is something that has 
broad appeal to a number of voters who are concerned about the opioid epidemic across America. It's not just an Arizona issue. This is the kind of thing that has broad resonance with a lot of folks and, and certainly in Washington. So you'll hear a lot about that. You'll also hear other culture war issues, such as Democrats being a threat to traditional American values and such. You probably won't hear her wanting to talk a lot about abortion. For Democrats, they see that as a winning political issue for them. I am sure that the Democrats will make a lot of noise about Lake's abortion views. That may force Lake into having to clarify her own views. Well, what is her stance on abortion? That's a good question. Her views on abortion have evolved a bit, but last year when the Dobbs ruling came down that struck down Roe v. Wade, Lake had voiced support for a position that was essentially supportive of Arizona's territorial ban on nearly all abortions. She has also supported something closer to the 15-week ban that the state is currently operating under. The state's dueling statutes on this are still a matter of being hammered out in court, and Lake's views on this are, at the moment, less than clear. And as I said, I think the Democrats will look to exploit that and try and pin Carrie Lake down. This is something that they did to great effect in 2022 against Blake Masters, who had voiced pretty stark anti-abortion positions earlier before he was running for office. Once he was in, he tried to make clear that he was supportive of the 15-week ban that former Governor Doug Ducey signed into law. And that issue really was something that Senator Mark Kelly used to go after Blake Masters, both in campaign ads, in his stump speeches, as well as in their one debate as well. It was something that I think Democrats view broadly as a winning issue for them and a pain point for Republicans. Speaking of other things that might need to get cleared up, Carrie Lake's still in court arguing that you know she was cheated out of the governor's seat in last year's election. She claims she's the duly elected governor of Arizona. Does she, does she need to resign that position um, that she believes she holds? Yeah, boy, this is uh, this has opened all kinds of questions about legally what can you do, what is required, and and such. I I am not a lawyer. I can't pretend to know what is required in these circumstances. But just in the court of public opinion, there is something that is at least bothersome about maintaining litigation that says you believe you won the governor's race and rhetoric that says that you consider yourself the winner of the gubernatorial race. And then at the same time, pivoting to a Senate race that would take you somewhere else entirely. So there is this sort of schizophrenic quality about the late campaign approach at the moment that in court, she wants to be governor on the campaign trail. She wants to be a senator And this is amid speculation that seems to have died down a bit, but had been pretty rampant for a while, that she also wanted to be the vice president for the next Trump administration. So for Carrie Lake, there's this sort of giant question of what does she want to be? Well, maybe we'll get some answers as the campaign rolls on. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your observations about this very intriguing race that's shaping up in Arizona. Happy to do it. That's it for us this week, Gaggle listeners. 
If you've got questions about today's episode or you have topics you'd like us to cover on the show, send us a message at 602-444-0804 or a voice memo to the gaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's all one word, all spelled out. This episode was edited and produced by Kaylee Monahan. Script writing and research by myself and Kaylee. News direction from Kathy Tulamello. Music comes from Universal Production Music. Never miss an episode of The Gaggle by subscribing to us wherever you listen. If you learned something new today, be sure to share this episode with a friend. You can also leave us a review and please rate us five stars. Follow The Gaggle on social media at AZC Podcasts. I'm at Mary J. Pitzel, that's P-I-T-Z-L. And you can find Ron Hansen at Ronald J. Hansen, that's H-A-N-S-E-N. The Gaggle is an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com production. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week.